We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. What? Why are you trying to get through it when you clearly don't want to? Well, because I feel like I have to given today's topic. Oh, you're getting us in the mood. My name is Nicholas Amell. I am your star host of the Tennis Podcast. I'm joined here by... Brandon, the sidekick host. Brandon Kaufman, the sidekick host. We are the Tennis Podcast and every week we cover a new top tennis list on any and every topic. One host has the list and the research and the fun facts and the hashtag hot takes. The other host tries to guess without any prior heads up. And this is our final episode of the year 2019. Brandon, take your hand, extend it to your upper back shoulder area and give it a good old pat. A little bit of a pat. I can't reach back there, but okay. Yeah, because we made it. This is our first full 12-month calendar year of the show. We made it. This episode is releasing on December 18th. We will be off the next two weeks and we will return with episode 69. <laughs> episode 69 on January 8th, 2020. But today we're talking about, we're getting in the Christmas spirit, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're going to force ourselves to. We're going to force ourselves to, yeah. I, I think if we're being transparent here, it sounds like we've both had an ass full of Christmas. <laughs> Already. That should be the title of the next big Christmas hit. Ass full of Christmas. An ass full of Christmas. I wish you an ass full of Christmas this year. By Lizzo. Uh, Isn't that her name? Lizzo. Right? Uh, You're asking the wrong fellow. All right. Whether or not you celebrate Christmas, you will be familiar with today's topic. We're talking about the top 10 most covered Christmas carols in the world. So, whenever an artist records a version of this carol for their album or whatever they... recorded because they're not copyrighted. The songs themselves are not copyrighted, but the recording... Some are. are. Oh, really? Yeah. Are are these like traditional like Silent Night and Mm -hmm. uh, Jingle Bells and stuff like that and we're talking about which of them have been covered the most (laughs) from Kenny Rogers to Mariah Carey? Yes. Most of the songs are public domain, which means they're not copyrighted. Anyone can do it. Usually, the older ones are like that. But there are some that are copyrighted. Okay. This is looking... I'm looking at a Time magazine article from time.com. This article is from Chris Wilson. Uh, It is a few years old, but I suspect the ranking won't change much. They looked at the digitized registrations going back to 1978 and collected data on every Christmas album recorded since that time and recorded how many times the song has been copyright recorded. It's just a long-winded way of saying, what are the most popular songs that artists like to cover for their Christmas albums? Okay. They are Christmas carols. What is a Christmas carol, Brandon? It's a Christmas song that a group of people wearing scarves and old-timey hats, mm-hmm. it's uh, the song they sing when they gather at your door to wish you a Merry Christmas. Unsolicited joy at your door. Correct. Worst kind of joy. Yeah, the worst kind of joy is the kind you don't ask for. Fuck joy. If you are a joyous person, just unsubscribe from this show. We have no time for your bullshit here. Yeah. And even if you don't celebrate Christmas, I guarantee you, you are familiar with most of these songs because they are ingrained. You you cannot escape. In pop culture, yes. According to Wikipedia, a Christmas carol is a song or hymn whose lyrics are on the theme of Christmas and which is traditionally sung on Christmas itself or during the surrounding holiday season. A lot of carols are about our pal, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, other side of the spectrum, carols that are about Santa or snow or have nothing, don't mention Jesus at all. Right. So, for each entry in the top 10, I've noted if they are Jesus or Santa. 
Okay. One more time. This is Time Magazine's article covering the top 10 most popular Christmas carols based on the number of digitized registrations going back to the year 1978. I'll tell you that number one on the list only goes back to the year 1978. Copyrights since then. Okay. But the songs go back well before that. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So, think about the Christmas carols that you just cannot escape from. An official recording from an actual artist that you can listen to right now on Spotify, for example. 733 different versions of that song exist. But most of them are probably dog shit. Yeah. So, one more note. This is from Time. As one might surmise, songs that are no longer under their original copyright are considerably more prominent on modern Christmas albums. Those are the songs that have lapsed into the public domain, which means anyone can cover it without having to go through a bunch of legal bullshit. Right. I'll tell you that in the top 10, six of the top 10 carols are Jesus-based. Oh, no. The other four are what I call Santa-based. I imagine that there's probably a lot of like Christian artists that cover Christmas songs as well that I'm probably not taking into account. I'd be shocked if Carrie Underwood hasn't covered all of these 30 times each. I think that's kind of the mark of any entertainer. Once they hit a certain level, they record a Christmas album. You record one Christmas album and you have like a beach house for the rest of your life. She's sucking on the Christmas song teat. Uh, Wouldn't it be funny if some of our favorite artists, can you imagine a Nirvana Christmas album? I can't imagine like Radiohead's Christmas album. A Metallica Christmas album. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. (laughs) 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 So, yes, let's get into it though. We are talking about the top 10 most covered Christmas carols of all time. All right. I guess I need to start concentrating on some more Jesus inclusive songs. Where does Silent Night fall on the list? Is it number one? Because I didn't think that. It's not my fault. Even when you're trying not to fuck up everything, you still manage to do it. Well, tell us what number one is. Number one is Silent Night. Knew it. Can you sing us a few uh, verses of Silent Night? No, I won't be singing today. Silent Night. You shouldn't either. Silent Night is number one. The first recording of it is 1818. Actually, I'm sure it wasn't recorded in 1818. It was written in 1818. Crazy, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's been uh, copyrighted for recording 733 times. It is part of the public domain. And I also have a a stat here that I took from 538.com, which covers how many times these songs have appeared on uh, movie soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Give me a guess. How many movie soundtracks? 15. 254. Oh. 254 times it appears on movie soundtracks and that's as of 2015. (laughs) Uh, This is a Jesus song. Mm -hmm. A few more notes here and then I'll let you talk. (laughs) Silent Night, number one, is more than double the number two in the top ten. It's firm number one leader. It is composed in 1818 by Franz Zaver Gruber to lyrics by Josef Marr in the small town of Ubundaf bad Salzburg, Austria. How'd I do on that? As far as I can tell, horrible. The version sung by our friend and listener of the show, Bing... Crosby, in Mm -hmm. 1935, is the fourth best-selling single of all time, according to Wikipedia. And me. And you from, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we covered singles back in the 40, episode 40-something. Mm-hmm. Bing, we're going to talk- Bing Crosby beat his kids. Yeah, Bing Crosby, uh, we, 
give the people like a two or three sentence synopsis on why Bing Crosby's an asshole. Bing Crosby demanded a silent night in his home every night. Oh my God. Uh, he abused his kids and then didn't he, didn't he like screw them oh, out? Oh yeah, of- he fucked them out of their money, didn't he? Well, and no like inheritance or anything. Yeah. Yeah, cut him out of his will or something like that. Hell of a guy, Bing Crosby. My last note on Silent Night is that it contains the following lyric. Round yon virgin mother and child. Now, are they mocking Mary's weight there? Calling her round? Is it round, like apostrophe round? How in a lot of religious songs, they'll just drop a syllable and put a apostrophe there? Are are you saying it would actually be like around? Around, like gather round yon virgin? It says round with no apostrophe. Uh Yon virgin mother and child. I think round yon virgin means uh, round is a verb that is being told to someone. You're making this boring. You I'm just letting you know. Y'all go around that virgin. <laughs> go around her. Avoid her lest you catch what she has. Yawn. Yeah. How would you like every time someone introduces you or talks to you, they always start with a virgin. They label you. Here's my friend, the virgin, Brandon. Why does Mary always got to be the virgin? Well, why does she have to be the virgin? That's the, her whole thing. Okay, so giving birth to savior of mankind isn't enough? She's also... Yeah, but, got, why can't but, it be mother of Jesus, Mary? Why does it always have to be the virgin? Because that was part of what was remarkable about his conception. Mm. Is that his father is the Lord and not this guy, Joseph. Poor Joseph. He got a raw deal. But he, <laughs> he did. He rolled with it. Yeah, that's her, that's Mary's brand. Virgin is her brand. Yeah, no, I get that it is her brand. I'm saying her, they're they're burying the lead there a little bit. The Virgin Mary. No, it's Mother of God Mary. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's like what's so remarkable about She refrained forever. Did she even after he was born? She never fucked Joseph? Wasn't Joseph her her husband? Oh, man. He did get a raw deal. Maybe they just uh, found ways around it. Oh, I was right. Yawn is a shortened f- form of yonder and round is the shortened form of around. So, it's saying go around that virgin over there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Silent Night number one. Okay. Sorry, but I knew it. How about Oh Holy Night? Holy night. That's not how it goes, is that's it? That's not. It's, that's, you just did Silent Night again. Yeah. Well, I'm just well I wanted it. to point out about Silent Night. It will, nothing could put me to sleep faster than the song Silent Night. Something uh-huh. about, like, it puts, it puts anybody to sleep quicker than, like, any lullaby could. Yeah. So, why is it recorded so much? You'd think people would be falling asleep in their cars driving all the time listening to Christmas music because Silent Night lulled them out. When the artist is recording the song in the studio, they have to be shaken awake, like, five or six times <laughs> just to finish the song. You, at the end of the song, they should start putting, like, wake up! You're going to (laughs) crash. Well, I'll tell you, if someone wanted like the magic bullet for sleeping, Mm -hmm. we just got to bottle up somehow whatever formula you have in your, when you plop down in that lazy boy chair in your living room. Mm -hmm. If we can bottle that up and sell it, we never have to do this shitty podcast again. They do bottle it up and sell it. It's called whiskey. Mm. I don't drink whiskey. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, holy night was your guess, right? Yeah. Oh, holy night. Starts with the words, oh, holy night. Oh, holy shit. It's number three. I knew it. Oh, holy night. With an, it's just the letter O. Holy night. Oh. 
It has been oh, uh, holy night. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking oh, at a holy night over here. Whoa. <laughs> now, this now has no connection to where we started. Nope. Oh, holy night. It has 374 copyrighted recordings. It was first written in 1847. Brandon, was that before or after your 20-year high school reunion? It's written way back then by some old geezer. You're probably in elementary then. It is part of the public domain. My 20-year reunion is next year. That's alarming. Yeah. Let's move on. Are you going to go to that reunion? No. Did you go to the 10-year reunion? No. Okay. Same two answers for myself when I get to be as old as you. I will not go to my 20-year reunion. I got like two or three friends and I know what they're up to. So, I'm all set. Reunions are a lot less important now because... The whole point was to see who's dead or who's fat and now you can just use yeah, Facebook for Facebook. that. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you can follow us and see how fat or fat dead, we, dead are we are at facebook.com slash tennis pod. Would you guess that Oh Holy Night is a Jesus or Santa song? Would I guess? I know that it's a Jesus song. Uh, okay. You're going out on the limb there. Well, because I sang it at church. We didn't sing the Santa songs at church. Well, Santa hadn't been invented yet when you were a little kid in church. We focused on the reason for the season, mm-hmm. which is a truism because it rhymes. You know, anyone that says the reason for the season is not just gifts, mm-hmm. they're lying to themselves. I think the reason for the season is moving this fucking elf around every night, uh, finding different creative places to stuff an elf. Yeah, I stuffed an elf last night too. Am I right? Gross. Do you have an elf? No, I don't do that. Don't do it. Don't. If you're listening out there, oh, I hope someone's listening. But if you're still listening, wake up! Don't start the elf with your kids. Once you start, you can't stop and you are going to run out then, of... Tell the folks at home what the elf on the shelf yeah, is. not everyone knows. Maybe. Who knows? The elf on the shelf is this bullshit that one parent started doing about like 10 years ago and now the rest of us have to do it because other the kids found out. But you buy this little cheap stuffed elf and it comes with a book that tells how the elf is kind of like the NSA. It's going to hang out in your house and it's going to watch everything mm-hmm. you do and listen to everything you say. It's like Jesus, like Santa. You aren't allowed to touch it, but he's going to report back to Santa Claus what you're doing. If the kid touches the elf, he loses its magic. And every morning when the child wakes up, the elf has moved to a different location in the house. And you, if you Google elf on the shelf ideas, there are these Etsy influencer parents who have come up with all types of cute things for their elf to do that if your child hears about them, you will now be on the hook to do also. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Don't start the elf. Don't let an elf, an elf is like a vampire. Don't invite them into your home. I like that he's reporting back to Santa. Mm -hmm. Every morning is a different discussion about elf magic and the physics of elf magic. And I can't explain this stuff away anymore. Why not? I'm just running out of ideas. The some bitch got up and he walked around to the the other side of the room. What's so hard about that? He doesn't have feet. He does have feet, doesn't he? No, his legs, the, the, one of the weirdest things about the elves is that his legs just end. Do you mean like the end of his legs are just like sewn up to where like yes. where his ankles are? Yeah, they kind of look like Civil War veteran stubs. Oh, no. So, we've had that discussion. How does he get around? God, I don't know. Does he really not know that it's you? If he does, he deserves an Academy Award. 
I think he's probably playing along for your benefit. He's like, God damn. I don't think he is. I got to pretend to be in- interested in this shit again. Every time he walks by the elf, he makes eye contact with it the entire time. He talks to it. He whispers to it. Kids are so stupid. Just don't bring an elf into your house. It takes over everything. But you know what you should bring into your house? Us talking to you yeah. right now about Oh Holy Night. About Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night. It was composed by Adolf Adam in 1847 to the French... Adolf? Well, it's Adolf with an E on the end. Adolf. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. That guy, a guy named Adolf wrote Oh Holy Night. Got it? <sighs> yeah. To the French poem, Minute uh-huh. It, it translates to Midnight Christians. <laughs> Midnight okay. Christians, is that like a superhero group? It's a threat level. The, uh, the poem that this song is set to was written by a wine merchant and poet, Placide Capou. Capou, mm-hmm. Capou. Uh, the lyrics to this song, listen to these bossy ass lyrics. Whoever wrote this song really let the power go to their head. Yeah. Because these, these have an exclamation point. Just know that when I'm reading. And I quote, People, kneel down. Await your deliverance. People, stand up. Sing of your deliverance. Bow your heads before the Redeemer. Sing of the Redeemer. Good Lord. It sounds like a cult leader giving an empowered, impassioned speech at a podium, doesn't it? Yeah, bossy and aggressive. Yeah. Our children are singing that. All right, that's O Holy Night, number three. Okay. How about Hark the Herald Angels Sing? No. The fuck do you think? Joy to the world. How does that one go, Brandon? Joy to the world, all the boys and girls. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Joy to you and me. Where would you guess Joy to the world is on the top 10? That was the three dog night Joy to the world. Where would I guess? I think it's number five. It's number two, idiot. God. It's another song from the 1800s, Joy to the world, written in 1836. It is part of the public domain. 391 recordings. It has appeared on movie soundtracks 99 times. This is your first Santa song, Joy to the World. That's a Santa song? Yeah. No, it's not. It's Joy to the World, The Lord Has Come. The Lord isn't Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I think Time put it as a Santa song. Well, they're dead wrong because the Joy to the World is the little baby Jesus, Lord Who Came. Oh, they have it in the they have a scale and it's right in the middle between red and green. My bad. Joy to the world. It's both cuz I think there's some Santa talk in there maybe. I don't fucking Let know. Let Earth receive her king. I that yeah, but is maybe some, they're talking about Santa there. That is some really high praise for Santa. Yeah. Well, some bitch travels the world every night or, or in one night. <laughs> he deserves a little bit of praise. Let us receive our king of toys. <laughs> I mean, let's not act like... And heaven and nature sing the praises of this little red fat man. Well, he's not little and maybe, maybe heaven and the North Pole are the same place. I think it's conceivable that Time Magazine has made a mistake. No, absolutely not. I will not let you sling mud upon the name of Time Magazine. Take it back now. You know, uh, the president of the United States of America... He is upset right now because he has never been named Time's Man of the Year. I saw so, him talking shit about the person of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, who's a child. Yes. This is the same Time magazine that, that said joy to the world might be a little bit about Santa Claus. Well, I don't know what to tell you. That's, I'm looking at it now. It's I know. Halfway I'm, between I'm calling Jesus them into Santa. question. Okay. Not you. If, uh, let's see, if Chris Wilson from Time Magazine wants to uh, come on here and 
give his rationale, try to talk his way out of this one. Explain we'll yourself, on the show. Yeah. Christopher. So, can I get on with my hashtag yeah. next notes or do you want to sit here and talk about this? No, for the let's next... hear about okay. Dominic the donkey. So, this is not the Ren and Stimpy song, Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy, for anyone that might be confused. The words were written by Isaac Watts. He wrote it in 1719, though for some reason the song itself is credited as being written in 1836. I don't know why. Probably wrote a poem and then someone set it oh, to music. Okay. Yeah. As of the late 20th century, Joy to the World was the most published Christmas hymn in North America, specifically North America. The lyrics are based on Psalm 98 and 96, 11 through 12 and Genesis 3, chapters 17 and 18. And I know, Brandon, you know those by heart, so we don't need to uh, spend time talking about it. I know all of Genesis's albums. So, this song has been recorded quite a bit, including by artists, including Andy Williams, The Supremes, our friend Bing Crosby again, Ella Fitzgerald, Johnny Cash, Nat King Cole, Walter Cherry, Neil Diamond, Pat Boone, Perry Como, or Como? Como. 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 <laughs> Vic Damone. Mannheim Steamroller, I don't know some of these. Mannheim Steamroller is like rock and roll, heavy metal Christmas music. Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. Fan of the show. And Pentatonix. Penta, oh, that's, uh, what I do they call that? That's them. acapella. Yeah, yeah, acapella, yeah. All right, well, good deal. That's Joy of the World. But you know what else brings me joy, Brandon? Hmm. Reviews from our listeners. Do you want to hear a few? Yep. Okay, we are going to read a few Apple Podcast reviews here. The first one comes from Gomez4994. Quote, Oh, the variety. Every week is different and keeps you coming back for something new. Or the same old jokes that we say every week. That was me uh, on the end there. Right, you were editorializing. I like how he starts with, he or she starts with, Oh, the variety, because it reminds me of Newman screaming, oh, the humanity in his burning oh, mail truck. It reminds me of, uh, sorry, it reminds me of BTK. Wh oh, death. Oh, goddamn BTK. Let's not talk about that. We're having a good time here. Mm -hmm. The next review comes from, uh, thank you, Gomez4994. Our next one is from our friends at the Think Funny podcast. They say, quote, hot dogs are gross, but this podcast isn't. I'm so glad I discovered this podcast. These guys entertain and inform. I think they meant Nick entertains and informs and Brandon is there also. Mm -hmm. He continues, it's the next best thing to having a Dr. Phil podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. P.S. All hot dogs, including airport hot dogs, are gross. Brandon, do you feel personally attacked that he... No, no I agree. Hot dogs are gross. Is this a new opinion you have? No. You've, your tastes have changed? No, I don't. I mean, I can eat one. But they're not like... Well, I fucking know you can eat one. I saw, I saw you... You did not. Whatever you did to that hot dog over a trash can at the Atlanta airport, I mean, it barely qualifies as eat. I mean, you almost sexually assaulted what it. What I did to that hot dog was observe it entering your mouth no. whole. You okay. did the fucking cha-cha-cha on that hot dog. You loved it. Hashtag hot dog Brandon. I want to thank uh, Think Funny Podcast for the review. And by the way, if you want your review read aloud on this show by me to Brandon, you can go to Apple Podcasts, find the Tennis Podcast, rate us five stars, write a review. And starting in our next episode, I'm going to read some reviews from Podchaser. Go to podchaser.com, search for Tennis Podcast, write a review there. And the beautiful thing about that is that if we've already read your review from Apple Podcasts, you can get your review read again, a fresh new perspective, a new review. Go to Podchaser, leave us a review, we'll read it.
Okay, so you have number one, Silent Night, number two, Joy to the World, and number three, Oh Holy Night. How about White Christmas? Where do you think it is? Number five. Wow, I thought you were dumb before, but wow. Number seven. Oh my God, you should be really embarrassed. Do you want to just stop recording now so you don't continue to bury yourself here? No, I want you to use this as a way to talk about Bing Crosby again. I got a lot of Bing Crosby, more Bing Crosby than you can handle. Mm -hmm. Uh, This song, White Christmas, is number seven. It was first released in the year 1940. It has been uh, recorded 283 times officially. It is not of the public domain, which means you do need to jump through some legal hoops to get this thing done. It has appeared on 46 movie soundtracks. This is firmly a Santa song. Do you want to challenge it this time or do you believe me on that one? That it's it's a what? A Santa one? A Santa song. It's just about Christmas in general and like nostalgia. Yeah. But yeah, you're basically separating it into religious or secular, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying in to be more case, fun the, with it. Right. In that case, this is a Santa song. Yeah. Okay. The version sung by Bing Crosby is the world's best-selling single. And again, go back and listen to our episode on the best-selling singles of all time. It has sold in excess of 50 million copies, but when you include other versions besides Crosby's, the sales for the song double to over 100 million copies sold, which is how many people are buying that damn song? It is one of only two Christmas carols in the top 10 that are not of public domain. Okay, so as for the original song, it was uh, accounts vary to when and where Irving Berlin, sounds like a fake name, right? Irving Berlin. <laughs> That's what I said. Okay, go ahead. I, well, I said Berlin. But I guess it could be Berlin, like the city. Yeah, Irving Berlin. That's all right. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he wrote Christmas songs. No, you don't fucking know. I've heard his name before, yeah. One story is that he wrote the song in 1940 in, quote, in warm La Quinta, California, while staying at the La Quinta Hotel. I was about to make a La Quinta Hotel joke, but then they just said it. A frequent Hollywood retreat was the La Quinta Hotel. He often stayed up all night writing. One day, he told his secretary... I want you to take down a song I wrote over the weekend. Not only is it the best song I ever wrote, it's the best song anybody ever wrote. Those were his words. What a dickhead. Absolute dickhead. Okay, that's what he said. And then, at first, when, when Bing Crosby eventually did this song, he did not see anything special about the song. He just said, quote, I don't think we have any problems with that one, Irving. The song established that there could be commercially successful secular Christmas songs in this case written by a Jewish-American songwriter. So, this was the first mainstream Christmas song that didn't have to do with our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. Now, let's get to the juicy stuff. Although Crosby dismissed his role in the song's success, he's so humble, Bing Crosby, isn't he? He dismissed his role in the song's success, saying later that, quote, a jackdaw with a cleft palate could have sung it successfully. Despite his criticism, he was associated with the song for the rest of his career. Last note, and then I'll turn it over to you, Mr. Sidekick Coast. Bing mm-hmm. Crosby's version, it is also on the Spotify list of most streamed Christmas songs of all time. It's number six on that list. Yeah, I believe it. It's the only, you know, what I would call a Christmas carol in the top 10 of that Spotify list. The rest are all like, you know, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas type. Mm-hmm. So, that's White Christmas, number seven. Anybody who's listening to it, even if you're not listening to the words, that the sound of it makes you feel nostalgic for like when maybe Christmas, everyone's like, yeah, Christmas used to be so simple and stuff. Of course, it's because you're a kid, you don't have to buy any presents, you don't have to worry about anything. You just showed up and received love and gifts. Yeah, kids back then just expected, they didn't expect that gifts, they expected a slap in the face before they went out and did, worked (laughs) on the farm all day. 
Yeah, a slap in the face before their dad goes to work to record White Christmas. And then cuts you out of his will. Yeah. Now, for some reason, whenever I try to think of White Christmas, my brain always goes to Winter Wonderland. Yeah, that's not it. How does White Christmas go? I'm dreaming of a White Christmas. Uh, I'm dreaming of a Just like Christmas. the ones I used to know. Yeah. yeah, from the very beginning, it's all kind of about building nostalgia. And I think it was also super uh, popular during... War. Like World War II. Yeah, I think it was one of those... Like maybe that's one of the reasons that the singles sold is that you could buy that like one song and feel, you know, I guess pretty good about Christmas while you listen to it. That's White Christmas and we accept all colors of Christmas here on the Tennis Podcast. Yeah, here it'll probably be, it'll probably be kind of tannish brown. Yeah, yeah. Because it won't snow. Give me another guess. What about Winter Wonderland? No. Oh. Surprising, but no, Winter Wonderland is not in the top 10. Silver Bells. Silver Bells is not in the top 10. I'll be home for Christmas. No. Holy shit, we're in trouble. Baby, it's cold outside? No. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No. Santa Claus is coming to town? No. Dude, I would have thought that was like number two or three, but no. Jingle Bells? Jingle Bells. Now, do you mean the Jingle Bell Rock? No, I mean Jingle Bells. Okay, Jingle Bells is tied for number nine. So, we, we're looking at a top 10, but we actually have two number nines. Okay. Jingle Bells is tied for number nine with 254 recordings. Uh, now, remember, just to remind everyone, number one recording on here, Silent Night, has 733. Number nine has 254. Now, Jingle Bells, all I can think about is Jingle Bell Rock. How does Jingle Bells go? Oh, my God. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. Oh, that, yeah. Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Okay. It was uh, first released in 1857. It's part of the public domain. It has appeared on movie soundtrack 373 times. It's the number one song on the movie soundtrack appearance list. It was written by James Lord Pierpont and published under the title One Horse Open Sleigh in the Autumn of 1857. It has been claimed that it was originally written to be sung by a Sunday school choir. However, historians dispute this, stating that it was much too racy to be sung by a children's church choir in the days it was written. It was? What is racy about... <laughs> I'm looking at the words right now to see what might be. Well, I You're think You're riding it's in a one-horse open sleigh. It's fun to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Okay, so there's... Oh, I see. In the second verse, the narrator takes a ride with a girl and loses control of the sleigh. In the <laughs> next verse, he falls out of the sleigh and a rival laughs at him. In the last verse, he gives advice to a friend to pick up some girls, find a faster horse, and take off at full speed. The last verse, the lyrics go, if it goes, now the ground is white, go it while you're young, take the girls tonight, and sing this slaying song. Just get a bobtail bay, 240 as his speed, hitch him to an open sleigh, and crack, you'll take the lead. So, that's too racy. They're saying like, go get some girls while you're young. Yeah, I mean. Think about it. Hang on. That's too racy, right? Yeah. Can't even Can't even sing that. Don't even bring that shit to our church. Uh-huh. And then fast forward uh, a little over 100 years and the opening line to a Tupac song is, that's why I fucked your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we've evolved as a species, haven't we? From who wrote Jingle Bells? From... James Lord Pierpont. Yeah, to Two Live Crew. Uh-huh. Singing, I like the way you lick the champagne glass. It makes me want to stick my dick in your ass. <laughs> oh, there, there's another song that says, 
uh, it says N-word and then it says, let me smell your dick. Oh, wait, that's Two Live Crew? No, no, I, I don't know who that is. Oh, I just... let me, I've heard the song, let me smell your dick. It's yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, it's on a lot of places, Brandon. It's on YouTube. You sound like my fucking dad. She's checking up on her man. Making sure he's uh, behaving himself. Yeah, I have listened to Let Me Smell Your Dick. But isn't there a more polite way to do it? <laughs> than to get down and sniff it like it's a corn on the cob? I don't know. But hey, we can uh, discuss that in our next episode, the top 10 songs about smelling dicks. Jingle Bells was originally intended for the Thanksgiving season and having no connection to Christmas, but it became associated with Christmas music and the holiday season in general decades after it was performed by blackface minstrel performer Johnny Pell in Ordway Hall in Boston in 1857. Whoa. It was first performed by a blackface performer. It was first recorded in 1889 on an Edison cylinder. This recording, believed to be the first Christmas record ever, is lost, but in 1898, recording survives. I'm kind of stuck on the blackface minstrel part. Yeah. This guy, uh, what is a minstrel? I tried to look him up and there's no pictures of him. It was before pictures. I did see... Um... Like, I realized that things like, you know, reality TV shows are... You know, stuff like that is like trash TV, but what used to pass for entertainment is insane. A blackface, oh God, this Wikipedia article, there's immediately a picture of a blackface person. Black performers were also performing in blackface makeup. Frederick Douglass generally abhorred blackface and was one of the first people to write against the institution of blackface, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> condemning it as a racist in nature. Douglas did, however, maintain, quote, it is something to be gained when the colored man in any form can appear before a white audience. Unfortunately, even a black person would still have to put on all of the mm -hmm. blackface makeup in order to perform. These colored minstrels, as they called themselves, always claimed to be recently freed slaves and were widely seen as authentic. This presumption of authenticity could be a bit of a trap with white audiences seeing them more like, quote, animals in a zoo than skilled performers. Good right. Lord, let's move on. This is depressing me. Let's move on. So, Jingle Bells, did you know? <laughs> so, back to Jingle Bells. <laughs> it's also been covered by the Beatles, Louis Armstrong, the Chipmunks, Nat King Cole, Sync, and a lot of other people. Gwen Stefani. Mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra. There you go. Jingle Bells, number nine. How about Santa Baby? Uh, I need you to sing that one for me or nope. we will not continue. Okay. We're going to sit so here and wait. End of the show. Do it. I'm not going to do it. <sighs> See? Will you do See? it on Patreon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll do a strip tease to it on Patreon. Is it in the top 10? No. I didn't. Yeah. How about Deck the Halls? No. I'm getting, I'm running out. Jing How about Jingle Bell Rock? Does that one count? No. I don't think it would count, but it's not in any way. Okay, so hold on. Well, here's some, I want to tell you some big names. Some of them you've already said, but th these are not in the top 10. Winter Wonderland, Feliz Navidad, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, not in the top 10. Silver Bells, Deck the Halls, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and it's the most Wonderful time. None of those are in the top 10. What about the Carol of the Bells? No, idiot. What about 
Let it snow. Did you nope. just say that one? I didn't, but it's not in here. What about O Christmas Tree or O Tannenbaum? No. These will be hard to guess. God rest ye merry gentlemen? Nope. I guessed I'll be home for Christmas and it wasn't on there, right? Mm-hmm. Do you need some hints? The 12 days of Christmas. No. Fuck. I'm going to need some hints. There's okay. a lot left on here. Uh, it's mostly Jesus songs uh, that you'll remember when I say it, but you probably won't remember before I say it. Hold, well, hold on. Let me... The first Noel. No. Is there one called Hallelujah? Nope. Mm, little Drummer Boy? No. Yeah, I'm going to need some help. This sounds... All right, let's focus on number five. Number five was first uh, written in 1887. It's been recorded 300 times. It's part of the public domain. It is a Jesus song. Although it was long claimed to be the work of a German religious reformer, Martin Luther, mm -hmm. Carol is now thought to be wholly American in origin. It's particularly popular in Britain, a poll of British people, or fucking Brits, as I like to call them, puts the Carol at number two for them. And here's a quote from Wikipedia. By 1891, the Carol was sweeping the United States. Oh, Lord. Can you imagine a Christmas Carol sweeping the country? Is Those are it, all my notes on it. Oh, come all ye faithful. That is in the top 10, but it's not the one we're talking about. The one I was talking about is Away in a Manger. Okay. And the one you said, Oh, come all ye faithful is number six. Explain to the folks at home what's a manger. A manger, that's where baby messiahs are born. Manger was like a trough for putting animal feed in, I believe, right? Animal feet? Feed. Okay. I thought you grew up with like church stuff. You would have known. Church snuff? Church stuff. A manger or trough is a rack for fodder or a structure or feeder used to hold food for animals. Hold fruit for animals? God, feels good to be right all the time. <laughs> okay. If you can't tell that I'm fucking around, then I can't help you. That's a way to... Do you want to talk about the manger some more? Let's talk about the manger. Baby Jesus was born in a manger because there was no room in the inn, right? Yeah. I mean, he's probably born in a vagina and they just stuck him in the manger. Holy yeah. shit. Holy shit. Wow. I need a minute. Jesus Christ. The definition of born would say that he's not born until he's out of the vagina. I mean, did he come out and immediately fall into the hay? Don't know. Wasn't there? I've... Haven't you... Try to check into a hotel before and they were like, no, we don't have any rooms. Yeah, and so we go sleep in the, in the barn we in the manger. go sleep in a barn, yeah. And uh, imagine how unsanitary it was in there with all the animals. It's amazing yeah. that humans poop. survived <laughs> this long, right? Like now we Covered can... in poop until yeah. like, probably until like 1952, people were just covered in poop. Yeah. For more on poop... Listen to our last episode to hear about the dung beetle. So, let's talk about Oh Come All Ye Faithful now. That's number six. Mm -hmm. That is the oldest Christmas carol in the top ten. It was written in 1751. It's been recorded 296 times. It's part of the public domain. It is a Jesus song, allegedly, and uh, it has been attributed to various authors including John Francis Wade, John Redding, King John IV of Portugal, and anonymous monks. And I just had to stop my notes because I was falling asleep at this point. So, there's nothing interesting in the world about this song. The only thing interesting in the world about the song, O Come All Ye Faithful, 
is that the movie Christmas Vacation starts with Clark. The, the very first thing you hear is him driving in the car and singing the very end of that song. You know, he belted it out the entire thing to his whole family. The movie opens on him singing. Oh, come let us adore him, <laughs> Christ the Lord. And it's that breath he takes between Christ and the Lord that sets me off laughing. So, why can you sing that but you won't sing Santa Baby? Because I was imitating Chevy Chase's singing of O Come All Ye Faithful. Speaking of the Lord, let's tell people about our little break coming up. I mentioned it at the top. After today, our next episode will not be for three weeks. However, if you need your tennis pod fix, yeah. we are releasing a minimum of two new bonus episodes at patreon.com slash tennis pod. Our episodes are going to be... A tennis huh? junkie and you need your fix. That's right. We're ranking the girlfriends and boyfriends of Jerry, George, Kramer, and Elaine on Seinfeld. We've already recorded it. It's in the bank now. We're going to release that right around Christmas Day. And Brandon's going to do another review and prediction episode for The Mandalorian released before the end of December, right before The Mandalorian finale comes out. Mm -hmm. And we might even squeeze in one more bonus episode. So, if you cannot wait till January 8th, you can get these bonus episodes as well as all of our past bonus episodes, which includes our take on the Jeffrey Epstein controversy, the worst movie taglines ever, celebrity quotes, our own spooky stories, and more. You can get instant access to those episodes and listen to the new ones that I talked about a minute ago at patreon.com slash tennis pod. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash one zero I-S-H-P-O-D. Yes, I spelled it. Whoa. Plus, as soon as you sign up, I'm going to personally mail you some free tennis swag. And pubes. Free tennis shit, some pubes, some uh, sensual love letters from Brandon. I'm going to send you some tennis stickers, magnets, pins, coasters, stuff like that right away when you sign up. If someone wanted to get your DNA, now they know where to get it. Sure. If you want to clone me or frame me in a serial murder, you need to become a tennis patron. I'm going to become a tennis patron. One last thing I'm going to say about it. If you sign up between now and December 31st, 2019, you'll be entered to win a free tennis pod shirt, okay? This is only three bucks a month, people, by the way. Go to patreon.com slash tennis pod so we can afford to feed our children on Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Here is a meal. May, uh, we should also try to do a short bonus episode on our individual thoughts on the Star Wars movie that I'm going to make you go see. Oh, yeah. Brandon you is... don't like and don't care, uh, and I like and, and care. Now, let me correct you. I, I don't dislike Star Wars. I'm just not obsessed with it like you are. Mm -hmm. I'm not blinded by nostalgia and love to where I won't criticize the movie when I see something worth criticizing. I'm not blinded. Well, I'm talking about the Star Wars oh, the fan general base in general. Fandom. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brandon is taking me to see the new Star Wars movie on opening night. So, yeah, let's record uh, my reaction and your reaction to that movie <laughs> as a bonus episode. Uh, we should record during the movie. If you want to see a... If you want a sneak peek at the new Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> we'll just release an entire bootleg. Yeah, I'm going to release a bootleg. I'm just going to film it with my phone. And I'm going to make Brandon sing Santa Baby, the whole song. Mm-hmm. I got to guess three more. Yeah, number four, eight, and the tie for number nine. They're, they're all focused on the Lord, right? Two that are, one that's not. Okay. What about 
I don't think you're going to guess the two Jesus ones, but you could guess the, the non-Jesus one. Okay. I need some hints. Give me some okay. hints about the non-Jesus one. So, this is tied for number nine. And it's not have yourself a merry little Christmas, right? You no, said that because if you listen to me, I, I was said double that checking. Was, okay. Number nine, tied for number nine. This song goes, it, the title of this song is probably not what most people know this song as. Mm-hmm. Like, the title of this song is not in the lyrics of the song. It's commonly known by a different name. It's the uh, most recent song, most recent Christmas carol in the top 10. Is it by John Lennon? No. Mm. It's one of only two carols in the top 10 that are not of the public domain. It was written by Robert Wells and Mel Torme. Mel Torme, the Velvet Fog? <laughs> the same. I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. Commonly subtitled, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Oh, it's called, it's the Christmas song. The Christmas song. It was originally subtitled to Merry Christmas to You. Written in 1945, it is the Christmas song tied for number nine with 254 recordings. It was released in 1944. That is a good song. Yeah, it's one of the better ones, I'd say. It's appeared on 39 movie soundtracks. I didn't know that the Velvet Fog wrote it. He did. How much, how well, you know, if the only thing you ever did in your whole career was write the Christmas song in 1940 something, your kids today would be wealthy. That's why Arthur in King of Queens, there's an episode where the Christmas market's cornered. So, he tries to write a holiday song for other religious holidays so he can uh-huh. cash in. Smart idea. He does Kwanzaa. It's good. The King of Queens is a show that is not talked about enough. It's basically starring Frank Costanza. I don't know why more people don't watch it. Uh, about the Christmas song. According to Mel Torme, the song was written during a blistering hot summer. <laughs> this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. In an effort to, quote, stay cool by thinking cool... The most performed Christmas song was born. I saw a spiral pad on his piano with four lines written in pencil, Torme recalled. Uh, The spiral pad was Robert Wells. Mm -hmm. They started chestnuts roasting, Jack Frost nipping, yuletide carols, folks dressed up like Eskimos. Bob, Robert Wells, didn't think he was writing a song lyric. He said he thought if he could immerse himself in winter, he could cool off. Oh my, is he... (laughs) That has to be a bullshit story, right? Is he like Mel Torme's like, <laughs> like a fumbling, bumbling neighbor or something? Like, oh, come on in. What's his name? Roy? Robert Wells. Robert Wells. Like, all right, come on in, Bobby. Come in, Bobby. Have some cookies. Have some juice. Sit down. Try to cool off. You've been wearing tinfoil and running in place outside again. And Mel brings him in and Bobby writes something down on a piece of paper. And he's like, by God, I think this dummy's got it. Imagine instead of getting a drink of ice cold water or going in the pool or sitting next to a fan or blasting the AC, instead you sit down with a notepad. You want to be cool, you got to think cool. And you just write down things that are cold. So, that's why the next time I want to have sex, I'm not going to have sex. I'm just going to go sit at the table and write down boobs. Boobs, butts. (laughs) Butts. (laughs) Just write it down. Just write those words down and stare at them. Next time you're hungry, instead of eating, just write down pizza. That's a good way to eat whatever you want without having to gain weight. Next time you're working, take your calculator, type in 58008. (laughs) Flip Uh it around upside down. Yes. And you got porn. Classic. Well, anyway, according to Torme, the song was written in 40 minutes after that. And Nat King Cole's 1961 version is generally regarded as the definitive version. And in 2004, was the most loved seasonal song with women aged 30 to 49. Uh (laughs) This is according to Wikipedia. 
while the original 1946 recording was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1974. Well, great. That is the Christmas song. Okay, you got just two left. You just need four and eight. Uh Uh-huh. Now, number four, title of the song is just a question. It's a question you might run into uh, if you're... Do you hear what I hear? No, that's a good guess, but no. Uh, This is a question you might hear if you take your kid to a public playground, let's say McDonald's or the mall, uh-huh. And your kid does something naughty to another kid. Oh, uh, what you might child hear the, is this? The, the other kid's mother might yell, whose child is this? What child is this? Whose child is this? <laughs> yeah. That's number four. What child is this? Well, I'm trying to remember the, how that one goes. Dun, 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 dun. Is that like that? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't care. Number the four. The babe, the son of Mary. Yep. I think that's how it goes. Hey, he didn't call Mary a virgin in that line. What child is this? It was uh, released or first written in 1865, 329 recordings. Uh, it is a Jesus song, according to hashtag Next Notes. It was written by William Chatterton Dix. Look out. Let that name hang there for a minute. Well, I actually, not even the Dix, I just like the name Chatterton. That William Dix, what a Chatterton. Haste, haste to bring him laud. The fuck what, is laud? What is that? Is that a lyric from the song? Yeah. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud. Maybe they misspelled lard. No, I think it's hurry up and bring him gifts. Yeah, that's the reason for the season. We already established that. Oh, laud is praise. So, hurry up and bring him praise. And also, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankenstein? No, that's what they brought him. The baby. A shitload of myrrh. Bring him a bunch of money. No, murmur is, but isn't frankincense money? Frankincense is like a spice or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Myrrh is a fragrant rum resin uh, used in perfumery, medicines, and incense. Yeah, and baby will love that. Frankincense is an, another aromatic resin used in incense and perfume. So, it's good smelling stuff and gold. <laughs> That's my shopping list this year for my kids' Christmas. Okay, let me tell you about this song. Uh, What Child Is This? Written by our friend uh, Chatterton in 1865. At the time of composing the carol, this guy Dix, he worked as an insurance company manager and had been struck by a severe illness. While recovering, he underwent a spiritual renewal that led him to write several hymns, including lyrics to this carol. Mm -hmm. Although it was written in Great Britain, the carol is more popular in the United States. That's it. Yeah. What Child Is This? Yeah. All right, let's get through this. Number eight. I could not tell you what this song is. Is it Now Behold the Lamb? No. It's about the pra- the Hail Mary prayer. Du Hostmich? But, uh, Gesundheit. Have you not, have you ever heard that, uh, that song, Du Hostmich by Romstein? Oh. Du. Du Host. <laughs> du Hostmich. And you still won't sing Santa Baby. Uh-uh. But I'll sing who... Do host. I'm just going to tell you the song. It's Ave Maria. Ave Maria. Ave Maria. Number eight. How often do you blast that on the old headphones? Not often. Okay. It was hard to find notes on this one, actually. It was uh, written in 1825, 270 recordings, part of the public domain. It's appeared on 154 movie soundtracks somehow. It's a Jesus song. Here are my notes. Ellen's third song was composed by Franz Schubert in 1825 as part of his Op 52, a setting of seven songs. It is one of Schubert's most popular works performed and recorded by many singers under the title Ava Maria, the Latin name of the prayer Hail Mary and also the opening words 
whatever. The song is a prayer. Those notes are very boring. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. But I did find notes on the prayer. The Hail Mary is a traditional Catholic prayer mm-hmm. asking for the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus. In Roman Catholicism, the prayer forms the basis of the rosary and the angelus prayers. Yeah. When you go to, the, to confession yeah. and you tell the priest what you've been up to. Nothing good. So, that he can hold it over your head for uh-huh. the rest of your life. What a job, just hearing other people's mistakes. Well, based on what you've done, he'll say like, you got to say six Hail Marys and four Our Fathers. Maybe there's a reason for this. I'm ignorant to it, admittedly, but how does he determine how many Hail Marys and shit you got to say? I think he is, he has been appointed by the Lord to do so. Ah, but he, I mean, he's just saying it off the top of his head, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's a guide. Yeah, there maybe there is and we don't know about it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't go to the seminary. <sighs> no. You, oh, you didn't? That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's Ava Maria. I'm falling asleep just thinking about it, so we got to stop talking about it. I think uh, Pavarotti sings it. Who? Pavarotti. Luciano Pavarotti. Potbelly? Celine Dion and Andrea Bocelli. Mm-hmm. I'm moving us on. That's the top 10 most covered Christmas carols. Would you like me to go back through them? Please. Two number nines. Tied for number nine. First, the Christmas song. Then, Jingle Bells. Number eight, Ava Maria. Oh, God, I'm falling asleep again. Number seven, White Christmas. Six, O Come All Ye Faithful. Number five, Away in a Manger. Number four, what, what child is this? Whose child is this? Number three, O Holy Night. Number two, Joy to the World. Number one, Brandon's first guess, Silent Night. Yeah. Sorry about that. We did it. Are you in the Christmas spirit yet? Not any less than I was before. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. You didn't take away from it. Brandon, we finished the fucking year of 2019. We did it. Hooray! And I only thought about killing you a couple dozen times. It's a lot less than I thought. Probably just once. Uh, What do you want to say to our listeners as they uh, start thinking about their New Year's resolutions? Oh, advice on a New Year's resolution? That's what I said. I don't ever do those. I would say that if your resolution, like a lot of people say, I'm going to lose weight, just eat a little bit less. No, instead of eating at all, just write down what you want to eat in your notebook there. Right. That's right. Write down what you want to eat and stare at it really hard. (laughs) And then maybe you'll have a Christmas classic on your hands as well. Yeah. What are your goals for 2020, Brandon? Survive. Survive. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I'm not putting, I mean, survive with family, family, home and job intact. Okay. Uh, Well... I want to give a sincere thanks to everyone who has listened to our show this year. We hope you will continue to listen to us next year and we hope you will share our podcast with your annoying aunt and uncle and great-grandmother that you see once a year this Christmas season. Let them know they should listen to the Tennis Podcast. If you want to follow us, we will be active on social media over the holiday break. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tennis Pod. And I guess that's it. We'll see you in 2020. Thanks.